Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend either in person or online at newhope365.church, and we have a 10.30 a.m. family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you however you feel most comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. We're talking about community, and I'm going to have you turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, and I want to give you a little bit of context, uh, and for those of you online, um, Acts 2, 42 through 47, before I get into this specific uh, text of Scripture. Okay, so right now, we uh, as a culture are going through some challenging times. Uh, for some of us, it may not feel like it's that challenging because maybe you're, you, um, you've got your job, you, you know, you've got your house, you've got your friends, but around you is all kinds of things that are taking place. And, and uh, I, think it was, I think it was Marcy that said that there are obviously those this, this last week that are facing what, what we'd call maybe some COVID fatigue. And COVID fatigue, you know, like just like it to go away, right? And we're all kind of like, oh, man, can't this, can't this just go away? And then, and then a vaccine is rolling out, right, like soon. And then I have people going, well, I'm going to get the vaccine. And then some people going, I'm not going to get the vaccine. And then some people saying, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you won't be able to work. Or if you won't be able to, you know, people are having, there's all kinds of conspiracies that are out there. And and there's uh, just, just after a while, you're just kind of like, ay, 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 God, what's going on? On top of it, here we are, and maybe online you can't see, but we're sitting around tables, and, and we have some chairs, and we obviously have a lot of space where people could come and gather and participate and all that, but people aren't coming because it's COVID, and people are stressed or worried about potentially getting sick and understandable, right? I mean, I mean, this is, I can't, I can bury my head on this one, or we could bury our head on this one and go, ah, you know, it's life is just fine and peachy. Okay, it's, it's not. We're, we're all, you know, facing or, you know, going through um, something at this time. But to give you a little context, I don't think anything that we have gone through thus far at least since, what was it, March or February of last, of, of this year, would even remotely compare to the New Testament church's struggle. <laughs> I mean, nothing. When you, when you read and you study, and, and when, I mean, just at the birth of Jesus, which we're, you know, celebrating as in, in just a few weeks, celebrating Jesus coming to earth, God in the flesh, and in the midst of it, mass genocide. You know? Ponder that. You know, it's like you're going, oh, and and when we get to when we get to Acts chapter 2, 42, and we read it, it's still in the back of people's minds that 30 years prior there was mass genocide. They actually have just watched as their leader was taken and hung on a cross, executed. And, and, and they're supposed to, at some level, feel good about life? They're somehow to be going, Woo! Glad to get up today and gather with some brothers and sisters and have a good, rip-roaring good time right now. I mean, this is, this is hard. And then you talk about modern medicine, which they didn't have. You know, oh, you, your leg looks bad? We'll just cut it off. 
You know, you got to struggle in life. You know, oh, your eye's not working. Here's an eye patch. You know, hope, hope that it starts working at some, I mean, what, what do you do? You've got all of, you got this, this type of stuff going on in, in your diseases and your, your, your pestilence and your, your genocides and your, your leadership that's defunct that, that, that Christian people would soon be taken and they would be put in coliseums and put in coliseums for entertainment, for death. And you're going, well, that would be an awful time to live in. We live in a time that has problems. But let's have some perspective. But let's have some perspective. And let's ask God to flood our soul so much that we begin to live out Acts chapter 2, which by the way, I've come to the conclusion of Acts chapter 2 as I read this and we'll read it to you, that the reason these things were happening was there was a great awakening called the, called the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was called the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, guys, gals, we are in need of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We are in need of it. We, we the church has got to have an awakening that is able to live out this kingdom value called community. But unless we have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we will feel like we are walking in peanut butter as followers of Jesus. It's just, it's a real struggle. Um, so I'm around Christian leaders and pastors um, in Zoom meetings and in telephone calls during the week, and we get like statistics that come through. And the latest polls among church leaders, and I'm not saying this to discourage you, I'm saying it to challenge us, is that one in three Christians in North America, not the world, but in North America, are saying that they will not return to church even post-COVID. One in three. Almost overnight, if this is true, and if this holds true, that means a third of the North American church has just gone away overnight. And if you're thinking that you're going, well, we're sitting here, we got some, you know, few people in, in, in the room, and we got some, some online, and you're going, man, it just feels like, what, you know, okay, all churches and leaders that I've been talking to are going and facing the same thing, and, and it's a wrestle, and people are questioning their faith and struggling with hope and wondering if God still is reigning and if God still is doing and delivering and setting free. People are, people are going, I, I'm just kind of okay to just, oh, it, it's just easy now to just go and slide over here and let the church do its thing. And I think that's tragedy. I think that's tragedy. And so we can sit here today and go, oh God, and try to muster up enough ambition to be here, by the way, at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning in the cold. And, and like Rick, what we were talking about this last week, cold of going, it's just, it, you know, church in the way it was once done is very different. 
and it's getting ready to even be more different. And I don't say that in a negative way. It's just we, we need an awakening from God to reveal to us how that's going to look and not be, discouraged about, not be discouraged about how we necessarily gather and how we do things, but be encouraged about what God is actually doing. But again, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to take some faith on our part. It's going to take some ambition on our part. It's going to take some desire on, 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 in us and through us and those online in you and through you. And I'm not judging anybody that's online. That's great. We use that resource and we welcome that. But there is more to, way, 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 way more to the body of Christ in the church than this. Right now, in this room and online, there is way more to the church than this. So, one out of three, and third, potentially cut off, and the struggles, they're very real. And so, let me read you Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And in the context, I gave you just a little bit of background course if you went earlier in the text here you would see the spirit of god pouring out into a unified group of believers in jesus they were see they were waiting for the promise of the holy spirit they didn't necessarily know what that would look like and and then all of a sudden a rushing mighty wind comes through the room and cloven tongues of fire imagine that and that's people have tried to understand what that really looked like and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to utter things that they couldn't necessarily understand, but people around them are all of a sudden going, well, they're speaking my language. Which it's amazing when the Holy Spirit works and transforms us from the inside out, we begin to speak a language that culture will understand. And then we have to go, let me explain it even further, and Acts 2 Verse 42, after this had occurred, says they devoted themselves to the apostles, themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, (laughs) praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And as I was reading this and studying and praying over this scripture, even last night I said to Angel, I said, I'm really wrestling with this message of kingdom community. It's part of what the kingdom does. It's relational. We're, we are set up, at least mentally, and this is New Hope 365 family and those tuning in. We're set up mentally, at least, because our mission statement has been to love God and is, not been, and it still is, to love God and relationally love people to Christ-centered wholeness. So that mission is truly kingdom 
Acts 2, it is, it's not some clever statement. It is literally about what God desired from the beginning of time till the end of time. It's relationship with him and then with others. And so what, what I've been studying lately is going, okay, if that's the case, is that about what type of community in the kingdom does that look? God, what does that look like? And so what I've been doing is I've been going and studying, I've been studying the uh, model in the New Testament, and I've come to the conclusion that the model of New Testament was not community in the sense of just coming together and singing like kumbaya or huddle up and just going high five and good, good to see you, it's great. Now that's good. And it's wonderful. We encourage one another and we edify one another. But there was something bigger for the New Testament church. There was something bigger. And the bigger was what Jesus had established in Matthew 28, in which he said, as as he leaves the earth, he goes, I want you to go and I actually want you to make disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, okay? Make disciples. So, so the kingdom of God was always, has, has always been about relationship. And in the New Testament model, it was meant to be, now we're going to make disciples. And, and, and Jesus goes, and God goes, I'm going to give you a kickstart. I'm actually going to kickstart this movement of making disciples. And can you imagine today if we had that outpouring and the neighborhood and the community starts coming around and it says 3,000 people were added to their number? We'd be like, ay, ay, ay. We'd be like, woo, this is awesome. But, but the struggle would be, what do we do with all of this? And immediately we would need leaders that have, you know, uh, systemic thinking and all that type of stuff to go, okay, we put this all in place. We got to put this in order. All, all these organizational people would go, okay, here's how it's going to work. And so people did that at that time. The disciples devoted themselves. And so our mission, loving God and relationally loving people to Christ-centered wholeness. And as I've been studying resources, as we go as we go into the new year, we, the leadership of New Hope, have been praying that God will continue to give us vision into the future of what that will look like. And I'm not going to frame that all in for you today. And for those online, I'm not going to frame that in. But I am going to share a little bit of heart. Our mission. We believe that we will truly make disciples into, in the 21st century, into 2021 and beyond, regardless of a pandemic. Regardless of political unrest, regardless of the socioeconomic issues, regardless of lethargy from culture, regardless, we are going to actually be kingdom-minded, and we are going to proclaim the gospel, and by God's grace, we are going to make disciples, and what will make it a lot easier, and I pray that you pray this, is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This will be a lot easier. So I did math last night, and Angel's like, okay, maybe you're not the greatest at math. And so, and so um, I thought maybe it would be totally doable to, into, again, remember, this is hypothetical, but this is something that's in my heart, and it's something that I believe as we go into 2021 potentially can happen. And I think, um, so here, let me just lay it out. What if... What if disciple-making was really the heartbeat of God? Because and, and, and if it wasn't just come, 
in the, in the in the church in North America, we've been about you know maybe come and see or come and gather, and we look at successes based upon who gathers or who comes and sees, and you know all of these types of things. And maybe that wasn't the target for God. Just thought it was disciples. So if we were to take forty New Hope three sixty five gatherers, participants, people. And we all committed, and this is just for one year, one year to disciple one person. Just one. Not two, not four, not ten, just one. Just one. You just take one person. It could be your son, could be your daughter, could be your neighbor, could be a coworker, could be a, a friend, could, could be an uncle or whatever, could, whatever. One, just one. What would you have if 40 of us discipled one person? What would you have at the end of the year? How many people? 80, okay. So times two, first year. What would you have in year two if 80 got the vision that literally we, the church in North America, 365, 365 days, we were to disciple one person a year. Not 12 disciples like Jesus had. In year two, we would have one six. Thank you. Year two. Year three, 320. Thank you. Year four. You see what's happening here is a movement of the Holy Spirit, a movement of discipleship where, where you young guys, me an older person, us in the body commit to one. That was year four. Was that right, year four? Year five is 3,200 disciples of Christ. 3,200. It's the multiplication effect. Year six, 6,400, if literally every disciple duplicated discipleship. 6,400, that was year six. Year seven, 12,800. Year eight, 25,600. Year nine, 51,200. We're not even done with a decade. And all that you've done is you've discipled one, one. You have, you have discipled one person a year. For nine, for, and, and, it, and it duplicated itself because that's what we instill in discipleship is that it isn't merely about you and what all that you feel and what all you want to do. It's actually about duplicating your life, living that out, and investing that in one person. You're, you're 10. What was that? What was my number before? 50,000. And by ten, year 10, we have 100,000 disciples. And, the, you know, you could just go, go on. I mean, literally by year 15, yeah, I think it's just under year 15, there would be over 1 million disciples of Jesus Christ from a movement of 40 people that believed in Acts chapter 2, Matthew 28, and actually lived it out for one person. 
That's incredible. I was doing, I was doing that. I'm like, this is, this is like, Lord, this is ridiculous. I'm like, this is, this, can this be done? So then, and I shared this with Dan Campbell a few weeks ago. Here's a little bit of the struggle. And I'm, I know I'm getting, not getting, quite getting in my notes today. Here's a little bit of the struggle. In the polls that are being taken uh, of the church around North America, most North American Christians aren't willing to even give a weekend to gather. But they call themselves a Christian. Okay? So, and then, those that have been gatherers of local churches, they then go, well, maybe I'll attend once a month or twice a month, and they'll give maybe two hours. Let's just say two hours, if it's your two hours. And this is not, I'm not saying this for anybody to feel bad in here. I'm wanting to challenge us to think through our discipleship, Acts 2 stuff that is God-honoring and Holy Spirit breathed for the church. And, and then, and so the, the, the church in North America majority is struggling. Those that call themselves Christians are struggling to give two hours a week. I wonder, as I've been praying about this, if the church could give personally a tithe of your time. I'm going to plant the seed. We were talking about this the other day. And Dan and I were kind of scratching our heads like, stretch. Here's the tie of the time. You have 168 hours a week. And we're going to wipe out the 68 hours and remove that from the tithe, so to speak, of time. That gives you, if you were to take those 68 hours, almost gives you 10 hours of sleep. I don't know if you get 10 hours of sleep. Is there any 10-hour sleep people here? Okay. But let, okay. Yeah, yeah, you might, okay, you might sleep 10 hours. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful if you can do that. Now you have 100 hours, and what I was wondering is if the church in North America would be willing to give, in New Hope 365, would be willing to give 10 hours a week to kingdom initiatives. 10 hours a week out of your 100. A tithe of your time. And as I, as, and for those listening on the line, stay with me, is a tithe of the time, what does that mean? That means, and that's separate from your devotional life. That's separate from getting alone with Jesus and reading your Bible and all of that, whether that's when you get up in the morning or whatever. But, but literally, the 10 hours is to what? To, to, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So there's a corporate element to, to growing and being challenged by, whether that's me or by our elders or someone else, gathering. That's actually, I didn't make this a reality. God did. He established his church to build and edify one another, to not lose heart in pandemics and heads being cut off in the first century church. And genocides and all that he actually set in place a plan to encourage you edify you build you up help you to not give up not quit the faith not walk away not go it's not worth it anymore so let's say you gave two hours and then i see like scott and tammy who in in and john and marcy who then 
go and they play, they, they give into that 10-hour tithe because they're life group shepherds. Which, by the way, very necessary and very hard at times. And specifically right now, you guys need like gold medals because you're trying to figure out how to navigate being with people in the midst of social distancing stuff and navigating the highs and lows and the issues and all those things. And then let's say you go, okay, I'm a life, I'll be, I'll give to, a, I'll be part of a life group, but on top of it, you might be that leader and there may be a preparatory part, so that may be three hours, so three hours into a life group, if you're a, a, one of the shepherds or leaders, maybe if you're a participant, it's only two hours, and then now you've got four hours and or five hours. What then do you do with the rest of your time in that tithe? And I'm asking now, what would it be if you tithe 10 hours of your time to kingdom initiatives? And I'm just brainstorming with you for a moment and you online. What would you do if you had five additional hours to do any kingdom initiative stuff that you wanted to do in the week? What would it be? Because now you've, you've actually participated in the gathering, whether that's online or whether that's in person and or a part of a life group and relationship, which is Acts 2. What else? Okay, check, check out the new app for you. Yeah, cool, a little, little promotion. Yeah, if you haven't got the new Hope 365 app, go get it. And uh, woohoo, you get, the, you get the badge today. Thank you, Mariana. Um, what else? And now, I want you to be thinking, not just when you're thinking kingdom, we're not talking centralized New Hope 365. We're thinking kingdom. You start looking for opportunities in your neighborhood. What else? What? Serve others. Spending some time praying for lost people. That's, you got a five-hour window in there and maybe you take 30 minutes of that or 15 minutes of that, but you still got more time. What else? I mean, you guys got, you guys got five hours of additional time apart from a life group and a, and a gathering. What else? Create to inspire the people. What is it, Dan, that we're talking about, or I text you uh, a, a little bit ago, of what it is that you have done with, uh, with, with some of the elementary school kids in the area? What is it you do? Yeah. Yes, coming to the, our the student ministries. Dan, Dan Campbell talking about mentoring um, a student and been doing that to, to, for like the last four years and being part of that. That's part of you. So, so whether that's one hour or two hours, that's part of a kingdom tithe of time. And, and so, and, and, and honestly, you could sit right now and if you took a piece of paper and you wrote down and you wrote down ideas uh, of what you could do kingdom wise, the, the, the sky's the limit. You could go out and you could pick up trash and why why are you doing that well because i believe that our neighborhood is to look good and i want to do that to glorify god and if nobody notices that i'm doing that god for your glory but it could be even beyond that such as mentoring there's the there's so many ideas that exist out there now what am i asking you i'm asking you to go in a tithe of time could you disciple one person with a 10-hour window a week uh, uh, a week 10 hours could you disciple one and could that 
duplicate over the years? I think you could. But why aren't we? Now, this is not at you. This is not at you. This is not going, well, why aren't you discipling or why aren't you doing it? Here's the deal. We, the church, me included, have not been the best at resourcing the kingdom to give you the proper tools to be able to do what you need to do. And even, here's the deal, and we haven't even modeled it as pastors. Struggle's real. And what does that mean that as I'm sitting down with, with individuals or leaders, I, I just have sat there for years and go like, how are you? And hey, maybe let's read some scripture and let's, I, I don't know what to do with them. I'm like, oh, you're struggling. Well, let's pray that your struggle goes away. Oh, you're, you're, you're going through this issue. We'll pray that that issue goes away. But I believe that the Holy Spirit has established something in Acts chapter 2 that was put in place to help us get a picture. And I believe that for New Hope 365, as we go into the future, the Lord is, is literally laying and putting pieces in place. And some of you are going to be part of the pieces in place to help us to truly become a ministry where we relationally love people to Christ-centered wholeness in a tithe of time in which we dedicate our heart and, and, and passion to serve Jesus in whatever way that looks like. And I could ask you why it is that we don't. Why is it that we wrestle with that or we struggle with that? And I would say the reason we struggle with this, and not everybody, this is not pointing to anybody. It's because we haven't had a fresh move in power empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Therefore, it's drudgery. It's like pulling teeth, man. I'm telling you, I talk to people, they're like, man, I don't want to do that tonight. I don't want to do that tomorrow. I'm, I'm really, man, I don't even like people. And I can't think that this New Testament church was that much different from us, meaning, meaning that they had humanness. They had realities and issues and struggles and death and sickness and, and, and pandemics and stuff of that nature. And then the Holy Spirit shows up. And so, <laughs> is Cameron, are, are you back, back there? I, I don't know. I'd like, to, I'd like to put up, I don't know if we can put that video back up today to, to, to wrap up the service that we did last week, if that's even possible. Okay, in just a moment. And uh, they devoted themselves in Acts chapter 2 to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And it didn't stop with the apostles. And believers were together and had everything in common. And here's, there's testimony, testimony here. Before we, before we pray testimony is we have had an individual in need in our community and you many of you wrote a check gave dollars and helped to say we care about you that's just scratching the surface of what the new testament church does I'm, I'm not wanting us to gauge New Hope 365. I'm butts in the seats. But in the transformation of lives. Transformations of lives. 
transformation of lives. And I ask that you would pray with me that we would have an outpouring of the Spirit of God and, and we, the leaders, will meet tomorrow night. Um, we're going to continue to pray as to God's direction and purpose as we go forward. And those online, we pray that you would pray with us um, as we seek to understand the heart of God for New Hope 365 as we move forward. But we know this, that in the kingdom, we're called to community. We're called to something that's different. We're called to sacrifice. We're called to care. We're called to reach out. We're called to give. We're called to serve. We're called. We're called. You're called out. You are a follower of Jesus. So the last, the last this, is, this is what I'm asking for those, and I know not all of us are at the same place, but do you guys ever watch the movie The Patriot? I love that movie. It's like, I mean, it's inspiring. First time I saw it, I'm like, when I wanted to go out and like, woo, conquer the world, you know, whatever. And it was... At the very end, the battle in which you've got Mel Gibson, they're, they're, they're going against the you know, English army, and they're getting beat down, and they're falling back, they're falling back, they're falling back, and Mel Gibson is looking at the situation and going, it looks like we're going to be defeated. And do you remember, what does he do? He picks up that flag, and he takes that flag, and he puts it, and this is, this is you, this is me. This is us. Those of you online, this is you. And if, and, and if not, I'm going to pray that it will be, and we're going to sing in just a moment, and we're going to pray that God will so pour out the Spirit on your life, and in the weeks and months to come, continue to do that, that you will be flag bearers, so to speak, not for, just, not for the, you know, North America and the, 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 the flag, but literally for the kingdom of God, if you can think of it that way. And all of the, everybody's falling back, and Mel Gibson sees it, and all of a sudden he begins to run with the flag, and he runs with the flag, and he's running forward, and all of a sudden everybody's looking and realizing somebody's brave enough to go into the feud, go 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 into the into the battle line, and they're running, running, running. And what did it do? The the guys that were retreating and falling back decided, you know what? If he can go forward, we can go forward. And if you if you remember the movie. The battle and all of that changed and shifted because one man was brave enough to run forward and say, we're not going to be defeated. And what I love about New Hope 365 is this isn't a one-person deal. This is about us. I really believe that there are flag holders together in this time where you're going, I know you may be depressed, and I know you may have this anxiety, and I know you may have this worry and all of that, but I want you to know that I will call you and pray over you. I will take you to lunch and wear a mask. I will actually, I will actually do whatever it takes, sit with you, and encourage you and speak into your life. And I haven't even met my max tithe of time. I just love you, and I care about you. It's kingdom. It's kingdom. And it's not just about those that are believers in Jesus. It's literally about looking around you and going, where am I going to do kingdom investment? Kingdom investment is about also looking out and seeing people that are lost and hurting and broken. And the discipleship journey can begin with somebody that's even pre-Christian and they never have a clue that they were in the discipleship journey. This is big stuff. It's kingdom stuff. It's Acts 2 stuff. And we are called to this. And I know I, I totally butchered Cameron. I gave you my notes and I totally, different, different direction. We haven't given that, but I'm, I'm going to come back to that, but not now. So I'm going to ask you to bow your, bow your head.
Close your eyes and online as well. And then we're going to sing together. We're going to sing the song um, that we did last week. And we're going to ask the Lord to fill us fresh in this moment. Whether you know the words or not, you're gonna, we're going to ask the Lord to fill us fresh with his spirit. To give us vision. Acts 2, vision. A heart to fulfill. Lord, I, I have listened to leaders over the last month praying for a billion soul harvest, God. A billion. And, and it was never about just somebody saying a prayer. It was about making disciples, followers of yours, Jesus, that would, that would replicate and duplicate disciples that would make disciples that would make disciples that would make disciples. A commitment, a sacrifice, a calling to those that God are Christians. They call ourselves Christians. Oh God, would you wake us up to the reality of what it means to be Christian in the 21st century? Of what it means to love and care and hurt with others and cry with others, spend time with others? God, give us your heart for your world. Give us your heart and help us as New Hope 365, as we have already, our mission has been, has been painted for us, that God, to relationally love people, to Christ you and become whole in you. And so now it's just putting legs to that. And some of us already have, some are doing that well, week in, week out. But God, let's not, let, help us not to grow weary, but to be diligent. To be diligent, oh God, for your kingdom. And, and Lord, I pray right now over your church. I know, and this is just candor. Some of us are real weary in the room. And some of us are really weary online. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would quicken the souls of weary people. Strengthen your church. It's not my church. It's your church. God, these are your people. They are your sons and daughters. And God, you know just what they need. And so it is with that understanding that today we can sing and trust that God, you will bring the results that you want to bring, but help us to surrender to your desire and your will. Thank you, Jesus. Please do that. In your awesome and mighty name, God, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website, newhope365.church, where you can access past sermons, devotional series, videos and activity pages for families, get connected with one of our life groups, and keep up with everything happening here at New Hope 365.